Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 17th of February. A number of beaches across Sydney's east remain closed this morning after the city's first fatal shark attack in almost 60 years. Human remains were found by rescuers last night after witnesses watched on in horror as the man was mauled in the water at Little Bay Beach. Someone just got eaten by a shark. Big great white. That's a great white. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Chris was also there telling Channel 9 what he saw. Some guy was swimming. The shark came and attacked him vertically. He, we heard a yell and then turned around. The, like It looked like a car just landed in the water. Big splash. Surrounding beaches will remain closed as authorities continue their search for the shark, which has been described as a four-metre great white. Another key development this morning in the ongoing tensions between Russia and Ukraine with conflicting reports on whether Russia is withdrawing troops from the border. NATO says the threat is far from over and this morning Ukraine's Defence Minister says there is no evidence of a withdrawal. Russia's ambassador to Australia, Dr Alexei Polovsky, has accused Australia's allies of creating war propaganda. I think that uh, we have the case of war propaganda and it seems really that there are those who want uh, the war to begin. That audio thanks to Channel 10. The head of Australia's spy agency has broken his silence over national security being politicised in the lead-up to the federal election. The Prime Minister made an extraordinary claim in Parliament yesterday against a senior Labor frontbencher implying he was a puppet for the Chinese government. Here's ASIO Director Mike Burgess on the ABC. The foreign interference is against all members of Parliament, so it doesn't go after one particular party or the other, so it's kind of uh, equal opportunity in that regards. So I'll, I'll leave the politics to the politicians, but I'm very clear with everyone that I need to be that um, that's not helpful for us. So the latest now on COVID and the Victorian government is set to announce it will also ease COVID restrictions in line with New South Wales. There are reports masks will likely be scrapped in office buildings from the 1st of March with density limits also set to be eased and the return of dance floors. Meantime, Parliament House is on alert with a COVID outbreak in Canberra. It's understood at least three MPs have tested positive in the past 24 hours with all politicians now ordered to have a PCR test. And a medical breakthrough in the US with a third person reportedly cured of HIV. Doctors used an experimental new method by transplanting umbilical cord blood. Previously, specialists have used stem cells from bone marrow on two other people with HIV. And now this revolutionary new method is providing hope for more treatments without the need for closer match donors and recipients. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales and just days after nurses and midwives walked off the job asking for better staff-to-patient ratios and pay increases, paramedics are now joining the industrial action. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. 
Yeah, Tash, healthcare workers across the state aren't happy with the government. On Tuesday, thousands of frustrated nurses and midwives marched outside Parliament House in Sydney. Today, it's the paramedics' turn to take action. From midnight, workers have been refusing to participate in what's called staff movements, which is a practice where paramedics are relocated from their usual station to another one in order to fill gaps in the roster. And that happens pretty regularly. Australian Paramedics Association delegate Brett Simpson says they're calling for 1,500 extra staff to be added to the workforce and for a decent pay rise. Every time the Premier pats us on the back and says, great job, he's actually got his hand in our back pocket. We've suffered multiple wage cuts, wage freezes, erosions to our workers' compensation rights, specifically related to covid and we've just had a gutful. He says their demands aren't unreasonable and are actually already in place in several other states. To Queensland and after almost two years, hotel quarantine has now ended in Brisbane. As our reporter David Shiraz explains, it now makes way for the state's new regionally based facility. Yes, Tash, the purpose-built WellCamp facility in Toowoomba will now be used to host unvaccinated travellers, mariners and residents who need to be isolated but do not have the appropriate accommodation. There's currently 500 beds available with capacity to bump that up to 1,000 by early April. Now, the state government has finally revealed how much taxpayers forked out to fund the facility after months of refusing to confirm a figure. Senior officials have reportedly confirmed the project cost around $190 million, including the leasing bill for the private land. In comparison, it's a fraction of what the federal government's second facility to open in April near Brisbane Airport is expected to cost, with estimates it could be upwards of $400 million. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now it's your favourite time of the year with Australian companies reporting better than expected results, which has been pushing the stock market up, but the market is expected to head downwards today. And you can blame Vladimir Putin for that. Yesterday, the stock market was not only helped by great profit reports from leading companies such as CSL, Treasury Wines and Corporate Travel, but by the good news that Russian troops were moving away from the Ukraine border. However, new reports raised doubts about a Putin pullback of his forces and stocks globally have fallen. And Peter, another reason for stock market concerns is news that recent inflation data could force the US central bank to increase interest rates by half a percent next month and we need to really keep a close eye on what happens there because it then will affect our interest rates. Exactly. And inflation worries in the US has one prominent central bank official recommending, now wait for it, a huge 1% increase in interest rates in March. If that happens, stocks would plummet and it would put pressure on our Reserve Bank to think about raising interest rates sooner than expected. Over this year, US business inflation rose by a huge 9.7%, pushing overall inflation to the fastest growth in 40 years. And Peter, the vaccination debate continues with the COVID crisis. Iron ore miner BHP reporting well this week, but is set for more controversy with reports saying the company will sack 700 employees who refuse to get vaccinated. Yeah, in Queensland, 250 workers have been told there will be no jab, no job, unless they are vaccinated. And it's expected up to 700 workers will be sacked or will retire because of the company's edict. Now, federal laws imposing vaccination only apply to essential industries such as residential aged care. The WA and the NT have imposed it as a condition for entering a workplace, which BHP has applied to all of its workplaces. In coming months, no jab, no 
job will become a huge issue as government work from home orders are removed. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Australia's experimenting with the batting lineup against Sri Lanka wasn't a one off. Yes, good morning, Tash. We've heard from uh, the skipper, Aaron Finch, who surprisingly was, well, not demoted, but he was moved down to number three first drop, of course, normally as an opener. Ashton Agar moved up the order, was the shock selection to open the batting with Ben McDermott. And while that pair didn't really set the world on fire against Sri Lanka, they still got the win. And Finch has told us that they will try that again. He's explained why they made that move. To try and lengthen your batting, at times you probably have to come up with some ways to continue to get your number six and seven really strong, which... We feel as though that's a really important piece to our yeah. puzzle with Marcus Stoinis and Matty Wade batting there. So to get some extra batting power in on the Test Tour of Pakistan, there's been a change in the fast bowling ranks. Mark Steckety is in line to make his Test debut. He replaces his injured Queensland teammate, Michael Nisa, who's out with a side strain, Tash. And COVID continues to cause chaos this time for the Adelaide Football Club ahead of the AFL season, Brett. Yeah, their preparations for the season have certainly hit a stumbling block. They were due to play an intra-squad match that was going to be live-streamed on their website on Friday, but Triple M's Bernie Vince has revealed that won't be happening anymore. The internal trial that was set to get underway Friday morning will be called off. There's COVID cases inside the Adelaide Footy Club, including players, staff. It'll be off because the amount of players available just won't 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 stack up to a a team. At the Dockers, Nat Fife has been reappointed captain for a sixth straight season. To the NRL now, Brad and St George's move to take some pressure off coach Anthony Griffin ahead of the season. Yeah, they've decided to extend his contract, so there was uh, an option in his favour, but they didn't um, have to trigger that until August. They've decided to do it early, so he's locked in Anthony Griffin until the end of next season. Uh, So that, as you said, does take some pressure off and speculation off his shoulders. Leading into this season, another coach under some pressure this year is Kevin Walters at the Broncos. They're gearing up for their first competitive hit out of the preseason against the Titans this weekend, and he's named a strong side as well. Katoni Staggs, Payne Hart, and new recruits Kurt Capewell and Ryan James. And uh, Kevy says it's a chance to show how much they've improved over summer. Even though it's a trial game this weekend, we're certainly not treading it as that. We need to you know, get out and start well and we need a lot of our bigger end players that are playing. So we're putting a lot of effort into this one to make sure we you know, get our season off to a good start. And at the Winter Olympics, Team USA, a big upset losing to Slovakia in a penalty shootout in the ice hockey quarterfinals is all the, the talk in Beijing this morning. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a special recording for a grieving Queensland mum who has been able to hear her late son's unfinished song thanks to the kindness of strangers. 12-year-old Kyne was killed in a farming accident. The keen pianist and composer leaving behind a previously unheard composition. His mum, Amanda, posted the sheet music online hoping someone could help finish it. Symphony orchestras around Australia and pop star Delta Goodrum have surprised Amanda with a special recording of Kyne's original song. And Amanda says she is overwhelmed. <sighs> they've, they've given me something that I can never repay them for. It's, it's a gift of listening to Kyne and, and listening to what he could have done. And the, what people have given us is such a special gift, all the various ways that he might have expected it to be played. How lovely is that? And that audio, thanks to Channel 7. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. 
You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.